I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Co Podcast, and now a video cast as well. Here we are in our second season. You can hear us uh, our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, Radio.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my YouTube channel, the Bob Brill YouTube channel, or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. Uh, we'll take a look at how we did for you, a look at this week's games, who's trending, and a brand new feature, Ask the Quarterback. Each week, we select a fan who writes in to us and uh, asks Eric a fantasy football-related question. We'll bring that fan onto the video cast and ask the question directly. Now, you can be that fan by simply emailing us at brillpro at gmail.com. That's brillpro at gmail.com. You can see it right there on your screen. Uh, and that's all you have to do is email us. We'll select you. We'll bring you on, and we'll work it all out for you. So uh, getting right to the podcast, uh, Eric Kramer, we did not like either Baker Mayfield with his uh, – fact that he even got a touchdown at 219 yards. We did not like Odell Beckham. He did get four for 74 in a touch. So we, we liked uh, Joe Burrow, three touchdowns. Jonathan Smith, you've been loving him, two touchdowns for him. Kelsey had nine for 90, a touchdown. Roethlisberger had two touchdowns and 311 yards. Deontay Johnson went off. Everybody's talking about him. Eight catches, 92 yards, touchdown. And then, of course, he had the punt return for the touchdown called back. Saquon Barkley, who might be out for the season. David Montgomery, 82 with three catches and a touch. CeeDee Lamb, we liked him, uh, six catches, 106. Dak pulled it together, got 34 for 47, 450 yards and a touch. Russell Wilson, you loved him last week going in, five TDs. Cameron Murray, 286. Gardner Minshew, what a guy. 339, three touchdowns, did throw a couple of picks. Higby went off five for 54 and three touchdowns for the Rams. Josh Allen, four touchdowns over 400 yards. Diggs had a touch and 153 yards and eight catches. And Adrian Peterson held to 41. We liked him going in. David Johnson held to 34. Trending up this week, Roethlisberger, Deontay Johnson, Russell Wilson, CeeDee Lamb, Noah Fant, Josh Allen, and Gardner Minshew. Trending down, Saquon Barkley, Phillip Rivers, Dwayne Haskins, Ronald Jones, and Kerryon Johnson. So, uh, your thoughts on this week? It's been a wild one, that's for sure. Well, the first thing that jumps out is all the injuries. I mean, here we are in week two, and if you talk teams, the 49ers and the Broncos have been hit the hardest. Uh, you mentioned Mostert earlier, but then you've got uh, Bosa's now out for the year with an ACL. Kittle's been down, or just went down, and uh, or prior to this game went down. And then um, uh, Garoppolo got a what looks to be a, a, an ankle injury. So... Uh, and then the Broncos lost Locke. They lost Sutton. They already previously lost uh, um, uh, Von Miller for the year. So uh, it's been tough going to start out. Um, now, the other guys that uh, have stood out to me, there's been some surprise teams, too, by the way. I mean, I thought the Rams would be good. I just didn't think they'd be this good. They look better to me now than they did that year. They went to Super Bowl just a couple years ago. And I think Sean McVay's got something to prove. I think Jared Goff's got something to prove because his – the, the game everybody remembers that golf didn't play well in is the Super Bowl. And last year, they kind of were up and down as a result of a bunch of injuries and Todd Gurley not being healthy. Offensive line had some issues. And so I think the Rams in that way have made a statement to me, at least in these first couple of games. Uh, the Packers, the Steelers, your Steelers. Um, there's been some surprise players. Of course, I had uh, Gardner Minshew as a guy that would not live up to what people thought he was going to be. And then Actually, he's now surpassed a bunch of those expectations. He's looked great. Uh, Jay Gruden's calling plays for the Jaguars, and the two of them together have been awesome. Um, I think uh, 
uh, you know, the Cowboys have gotten off to a terrible start against the Rams. All this hype about, hey, this could be a Super Bowl contender. And then they fell flat the first week. But then they answered back last week and I think gave everybody, at least me, uh, you know, some hope for them that they could turn this thing around. They've got what seems to be a lot of weapons offensively. Dak Prescott's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And defensively is where I think they've fallen short, even this last game. So, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. But I think at least on paper, they look like they could be turning it around soon. You know, um, my wife has uh, Dak Prescott. And all through the game, first half, she's just fretting. I'm fretting and fretting. And I say, relax, he'll get it together. And all of a sudden, boom, he pulls that thing together. They they just go nuts. So uh, all was good in our household. (laughs) There's no no shortage of talent. On that roster around Prescott, even and Prescott's got talent too. So you're right. Uh, offensively, I think they're sitting okay. Well, now we come to our uh, new regular feature, Ask the Quarterback. It's brand new, and today we welcome in Frazier Graham uh, and Stuart Graham, the NFL fans in Edinburgh, Scotland, where the time difference is nine hours. We appreciate them coming on with us. And uh, both of them are big fantasy players. Uh, I know they've gone to some NFL games there as well in London. Uh, Frazier, Stuart, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, guys. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, I, my name is Fraser. I'm a student in Edinburgh. Um, so we, I kind of got into NFL through my uncle Stuart. And just because me and my, my brothers are so competitive, we're kind of competing everything we have. So, of course, NFL fantasy comes into it then. Well, you know, we, we taped this program right after Eric's weekly golf lesson. And I imagine living in Scotland, uh, Fraser, you grew up in a golfing family. You got any advice for Eric? Um, well, yeah, you probably, I mean, t- they always say tape a neap of whiskey before you start here. Just try and loosen yourself. So maybe you need to get some of that. There's a golf course literally just over the, over the fence there. So we just try and play whenever we can. So you, you go right, I think we were talking earlier, you walk right out onto the 13th tee, right? Right out of your backyard? Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty sweet deal. Can't, I can't really complain about it. Yeah, you, do, you, do you ever sneak right. out so on don't. it? Um, you sneak out onto the course? Uh, yeah, we've done that a couple of times. Luckily, <laughs> can I delight of my family, but yeah. <laughs> so what would you like to ask Eric? Um, so I was going to ask, um, will the Patriots make Cam Newton cut down on the number of times that he rushes during a game and kind of concentrate on their tried and tested passing game? Or do you think that the current have the sufficient depth at wide receiver and tight end to allow a reducing in Newton's ground game? Well, here's what I think is you must be obviously a Cam Newton owner. So I yeah, think that one this, is, this is a new toy they haven't had, right? So for 20 years, it's been Brady – making a lot of great things happen, but it's all from within inside the pocket. They designed no runs for him whatsoever. So I now think that McDaniels and Belichick both are experimenting around and have been since training camp began as to what can we do. And to me, he's looked phenomenal inside or outside the pocket. Um, he looks his, his sense of rhythm in terms of the way his feet and eyes move through the progression. He hits receivers on time. He anticipates throws from inside the pocket. And I think Cam is their running game right now. And he's so dynamic that it's the threat. It's not just him running that's, that gets defenses nervous. It's the threat of him running, which when you fake the, play, uh, fake the running game and you're Cam Newton, you get such a reaction of the defense that he's throwing the guys wide open right behind where there would be linebackers. So I don't think you, you, I don't think you scale back in the running game with Cam Newton. I just think you keep doing what you're already doing 
which has proved to be so successful. He's got four rushing touchdowns and leads a team in rushing. So I would stick with him. Okay. Yeah. Is that it? Your question for you? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, uh, we were saying, you know, I think kind of Belichick just kind of gets the kind of best out of people. And I think he's kind of been doing that with Cam. and quite glad to see him succeed again. I agree with you. I think they've jumped into, you know, everybody's consciousness about maybe a, a certainly a playoff winner uh, and possibly a division winner because it's a weak division. And I think they're now a legitimate, you know, possibly making a deep run into the playoffs. And who knows what, you know, once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. Well, thanks guys for joining us. Really appreciate you coming on uh, CramerandBrill.com and uh, keep playing that fantasy football. Remember, if you'd uh, like to ask the quarterback, just email me at brillpro at gmail.com. And if we select you, you'll be in touch. We'll be in touch with you and we'll bring you on our very next show on the very next week. And you see how it works and we have a lot of fun with it. So please, uh, the email is right there on your screen, brillpro at gmail.com. Now let's get to this week's game. Boy, Miami and Jacksonville. I'll let you start off on this one. Well, okay. I'm a convert. I just admitted it all that I completely blew it on Minshew. Uh, and I think a combination, again, of him and Jay Gruden calling the plays, they don't have a ton of dynamic weapons around him. DJ Chark, as you had mentioned earlier this year, uh, has come on for them. And I think there's no reason to believe he won't continue that way. Minshew, uh, you know, just makes things happen. And I think Gruden has found a guy there that he can work with and create, you know, and do a lot like his brother John in with the Raiders. I think uh, – that combination there for me uh, does it in terms of scoring points and fantasy. Well, the Rams-Buffalo game, that's a real good matchup. I mean, Josh Allen, Jared Goff, you're liking either one of these guys due to the defenses, but I got to like Higby, that is for sure. Well, and what jumped out to me in watching the Rams play this past weekend is Sean McVay looks like he's on a mission to just destroy by play calling everybody that they come up against. And he's got a great uh, quarterback in golf who does a masterful job of executing kind of exquisitely this game plan week to week. And I, I heard one of the commentators, Chris Spielman, uh, in this past game talk about every play they run sets up something else, some little wrinkle that comes on either play or two behind it, a quarter or two behind it. And I think there's just a, a way that they have of calling plays and executing plays offensively but I don't care what defense is out there right now. I like the Rams. Well, uh, Washington, Cleveland, the Washington Football Club, again, I don't know whether they're ever going to get a name. Uh, nothing to like here on my account. And uh, I would like to see at least Beckham get those four catches again. I mean, he's on my team. I'd like to have him. But, you know, he just seems to eh, move along. And I know you're not a big Baker Mayfield fan, so. Well, okay, let me pause that for a second. I wasn't a big Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I have not converted a, a, a totally like I have with Gardner Minshew, but I think Mayfield has now had two games uh, under, under Kevin Stefanski's offense now. And what's shown out to me is they got a good offensive line, very good one. They got an excellent running game. They've got great weapons around Mayfield. The only wild card so far has been Mayfield himself. And he did come up strong last week, albeit it was the Cincinnati Bengals, not a strong defense. And so can he keep this going? I think the combination of Stefanski and what the offense and the mindset that he's instilled in this team, along with hopefully Mayfield, that I think this could be a week that he, you know, steps up his game again. Washington's a stronger defensive front. We saw them kind of dominate that second half against the Eagles in week one. 
Um, and so May Mayfield's going to have to have as good or better of a game than he had last week against the Cincinnati Bengals, but I think he's capable of doing that. Well, you Tennessee at Minnesota, you know, Derrick Henry had a, a good game, but a pedestrian game for fantasy, 84 yards, which is about eight points, but if you didn't score a touchdown, of course, that hurts you in fantasy. Uh, so I'm still solid with him. John and Smith are solid picks here. I like Thielen, and I think it's the week Delvin Cook uh, really goes off big on the ground. Well, their 2020 formula for the Titans has kind of been what it was last year in that playoff run. So it was a lot of Derrick Henry, pounding the ball at you, played solid defense, didn't give up many points, and eventually they just wore you out with their offensive line in that running game. Only this year, they're letting uh, Ryan Tannehill do a whole lot more, I believe. He's up around 70, 75% completion percentage. He's got good rhythm as he moves to the progression. He's an accurate passer. He can, if the defensive, defensive guy, he threw a pass to John O. Smith in the end zone where the defender had his back to Johnny Smith, put it up high and outside, and Johnny Smith came down with it like it was nothing. And I think those are the type of things that Ryan Tannehill is now bringing, quietly having a great two-game season so far. He's got six touchdowns, no interceptions. And I think the more they keep putting the ball in his hands and he comes through, this is going to make the Titans even better. And I think last year they had a slow start. This year they're 2-0. And I think this is probably a team that's quietly building itself into a, into a contender. Las Vegas, New England. Las Vegas looked really good on Monday night, that first game ever, uh, NFL game in Vegas uh, with a home team there. Uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, for sure, is a start. I think Russell Wilson showed New England. Really misses those guys who had sitting out on the defense because of COVID. Uh, can Derek Carr do the same as, you know, um, uh, Russell Wilson did? I, I think so. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Well, like you, okay, the, the, the Raiders stand out to me. Gruden's done a great job, I think, putting this team together over the last year and a half, two years. Um, and I think I believe in Carr. I believe in Gruden. I believe in Henry Ruggs and Jacobs and Darren Waller especially. He's kind of an unsung superstar, in my opinion, at tight end. Um, I think that uh, – you know, against New England, though, they're going to run into an offense that, you know, is led by Cam Newton and has proven to me at this point to be a, a very dynamic team, very hard to stop, kind of like the Baltimore Ravens. You've got a dynamic quarterback who's also can only, not only can he run the ball, but to me, Cam Newton in two short games here has proven to be a, a more than adequate pocket passer. And so I, I kind of, uh, in terms of who's going to win the game, it's sort of a toss-up. But then I put in the Belichick factor. I don't see the New England Patriots and Belichick losing two games in a row this early in the season. So I'm going to give this one at least uh, in the matchup to the Patriots. Uh, uh, 49ers and the Giants. The 49ers hurting. I think Daniel Jones goes off. I think Darius Slayton is the big recipient of that. Uh, take a look at Elijah Penny and Deion Lewis here as the backups with Barkley out. There could be some action on the waiver wire uh, with Barkley out. Well, I agree with you in terms of Daniel Jones. Uh, as we talked about earlier, I think in week one, how, you know, he has the unlucky fortune of having drawn the Steeler defense, the Bear defense, and now the 49ers. So even though Bosa has been out or is out now, they're deep. And I don't, I don't think he's going to necessarily put up huge numbers this week. I think he'll be effective. I think there's going to be more pressure on him because of the lack of effectiveness in that running game and short passing game that Saquon Barkley brings. Um, and now that he's out, you know, who's going to step into that role? We don't know yet. Uh, I think he's, uh, 
I think there's enough weapons around him, though, that he's good enough to have a solid game. Maybe, you know, 250 yards and a couple of touchdowns, hopefully no interceptions. Um, the 49ers, though, I think this is where my, uh, Kyle Shanahan, I want to say Mike Shanahan because I played in the time when Mike was coaching over uh, with the Broncos. But I think that Kyle Shanahan gets a lot of credit for being a great offensive mind, and he is. But he's a great head coach, too, and I think that we're going to see this leadership come in where now they've got all these injuries. It's early in the season. People are kind of, you know, thinking, hey, this team is really something. They start out of the gate and they lose to the Cardinals. So I think Mike, uh, Kyle Shanahan, I think, is going to help right this ship. You know, they're staying out on the East Coast in between games this week. And I think coming into the Meadowlands, they're going to play a banged-up Giants team that just coming off an emotional loss to the Bears in which they lost their star running back, Barkley. So I think Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers get things right this week. If you look back to when Garoppolo went down, Nick Mullins came in seamless, you know, had a very similar type of numbers that uh, Garoppolo puts up. So I think, uh, you know, no panic here in San Francisco. You know, Cincinnati and Philadelphia, kind of two teams that are really kind of hard to figure. You never know where they're going to go. Uh, I see Wentz going off big here. I see Green also going big. And if Green goes big, that means Burroughs might have a good day. So uh, that's what I'm – I think if you've got Burroughs this week, I think you start him. Right. Well, you know how I feel about Joe Burrow. I mean, I think he's a budding superstar. I think I said uh, in week one in our, in our first uh, podcast that by the end of the season, by the last four games of the season, I think Joe Burrow will be looked at as one of the top tier quarterbacks in this league, at least moving in that direction. Um, you know, and I think that uh, Carson Wentz, on the other hand, you know, I think uh, his mechanics, footwork, uh, the way his, his eyes and feet kind of don't move together uh, and in sync. And I think that's something that you would work on in an offseason to get better. Kind of hard to correct that during the season. And I think the Eagles, although it'd be hard to see them going 0-3 to start a season, um, you know, I think this is a game that uh, Cincinnati really has a chance to win. Well, Houston and Pittsburgh, you got the Steelers at home. Normally, I would like Deshaun Watson to come back, but not against the Steelers defense. It is too good, and I think you stay with Deontay Johnson, who has had his issues, but he also had a punt return uh, that was called back due to a penalty. He did catch eight passes. I think uh, Juju, along with Ben, I think they're all starters. Connor is back. I know last week we were kind of down on him because he had the injury. Wasn't sure if he'd come back. We liked uh, Benny Snell, who barely played. Connor uh, did, got over 100 yards. Uh, and if you haven't already picked up play pool, if you're in a dynasty league, I would grab him. I have, and uh, I, I just think that this kid is, is a real star uh, to, in, the, in the making. Well, I, this being your team, I'm going <laughs> to defer to you since you have all the information. I, I agree with everything you said. They're just too good on both sides of the ball. One of the things after that game, uh, Roethlisberger is doing an interview, and he says, you know, I didn't have a good game. Offensively, we didn't have a good game, and that we still won. And then the commentator afterward goes, didn't have a good game. He threw for over 300 yards and a couple touchdowns. So I think, you know, the expectations right now are in, in Pittsburgh amongst that team, we're pretty good. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I, we, we talked early this season how ESPN picked them and the Ravens to go 12-4 and four with the Steelers losing two games to the Ravens and then losing the playoffs. I just hope that doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> Jets in Indianapolis. Jets, nope again. Indy, I like Pittman, and I do like Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I think we saw last week, okay, what Philip Rivers uh, 
does for this team. I think the first week he kind of his numbers were kind of um, inflated a little bit because and they lost the game. I think what he needs to do and what he's done this past week was see that hey Jonathan Taylor is what this offense is about right now. He's a good powerful running back that's got speed that can break runs. They got a great defense. If he just doesn't lose the game for them, they're going to be in every game they play this year. And I think as that starts to build, you might see him start to make some of the throws that he's made in the past. But I think for now, I think Frank Reich's got a hold of him and say, hey, look, we're going to win just about every game we play if you don't lose it for us. Yeah, Carolina at the Chargers. Uh, Herbert is a player if you have a Charger rookie on your team. And for Carolina, I don't want to go with Bridgewater. He had a good game, but I still don't like it. If McCaffrey can't go, and it doesn't look like he can't. Uh, you're looking for a handcuff or any of his backups. Well, let, let me help. Let me back you up here on what you just uh, inferred about Teddy Bridgewater. He's a good quarterback. Um, but I did notice in the first week and even last week uh, that there are some throws that for him, he should make a little bit more accurately where a ball should be right in front of a guy and it's an easy first down instead of the ball's behind him and drop. And now it's second or third down. And I think those are the things that Teddy Bridgewater, maybe just by playing, will start to evolve in that direction. And again, I think he's a good quarterback, but right now it's not showing up where he's pinpointing all of his throws. Um, I think Anthony Lynn came out after the game and said, as everyone's getting excited about uh, Justin Herbert, um, that Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback of this team. When he's healthy again, he's going to be playing. If that's this week, then obviously Justin Herbert won't be playing. And, but I think we saw defensively, hey, the Chargers are pretty good. Holding in regulation the uh, Kansas City Chiefs to 20 points, um, even though they lost the game on a field goal in overtime, I think the Chargers offensively, they're a good solid game, a good solid team, as long as they just keep moving the chains. You mentioned you loved Eckler last year. Now that uh, Melvin Gordon's gone, I love him this year because he doesn't have that extra back to compete with. And uh, I think, you know, offensively, Eventually, this will be Justin Herbert's team. I think right now, though, it's going to be Tyrod Taylor. You know, uh, Denver's home against Tampa Bay. This is going to be an interesting game. Uh, Brady seems to be back after that first lackluster week. Uh, Fournette is a play, even against the difficult Broncos defense. I think Noah Fant is really the guy, along with Melvin Gordon, in this, in this game. I agree with you. And now, okay, so Tampa Bay. Uh, Brady did come back and have a good game, albeit it was Carolina. because. The Raiders put up 35 points or 34 points on Carolina that first week. So they're not a great defense, but it was a good game, I think, for Brady to get back in touch and get his rhythm back. He had an excellent, uh, you know, day going with Mike Evans. He came alive in that game as well. And I think defensively, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, they're one of the top, who knows, three or four defenses in the league. So as long as offensively, they don't lose it for themselves, kind of like the Chargers, they're going to be in every game. And I think Brady has to realize that, He's the 43-year-old Tom Brady. He's not the 2007 Tom Brady. And as long as he does that, makes good decisions, accurate throws like he did last week, I think Tampa Bay and Brady himself are going to be just fine. You got Detroit and Arizona. You know, Peterson is a questionable play. I mean, that had that really first good week and all of a sudden, nothing. And Hawkinson, we like. And I really like Hawkinson. I'm with you on this. You know, I know we both like Hawkinson and Peterson but he doesn't seem to do much past the first game. Last year in game one, he really went off. Everybody said, hey, this guy's a star. And then kind of pedestrian the rest of the way, he didn't get injured. And then this year, first game, bam, he goes off great. 
second game, eh. So I, I'm kind of not sure where, where he shows up. Uh, Matt Stafford, of course, and DeAndre Hopkins are definitely plays. So it's Kyler Murray, I think, is a start as well. Well, let me go back to the Detroit for just a minute. In that TJ Hawkinson last year, we got to remember, he was a rookie. Yes, he had a great first game. But then he started to get banged up little by little. And he fell out of the, out of the picture. What I've noticed in these first couple games is that, you know, Stafford now actually looks for him, specifically for him on plays where he could go somewhere else, but he kind of looks specifically for Hawkinson. He passed up a throw against the Bears that he had a guy early open in the flat in order to go to Hawkinson late that ended up scoring a touchdown. Um, and so I think Hawkinson, as long as he stays healthy, he's an obvious talent. Everybody sees that. Most importantly, Stafford sees that. And I think that's why they're going to continue to grow. And, uh, you know, they're 0-2. There's a lot of heat in that building right now, all centered around Matt Patricia. And I think, uh, you know, but, but not everybody has a quarterback as good as Matt Stafford. I think he's one of the, I don't know, top three or four quarterbacks at least in the league. And so didn't have a great game last week, but I think this, this is a week he can come back and play well against Arizona. Dallas at Seattle, we got Dak and Wilson. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good matchup right there. It's hard to find uh, two better established quarterbacks uh, in, in the league. Young, they're both about the same age and everything. Uh, Metcalf, Lamb, Zeke, they're all plays here. Well, I think this has the potential. Uh, even though there's several really, like, marquee games this week, this could be the game of the week. It turn, you know, after the game's all said and done, there's enough playmakers on the field, both offensively, defensively. The coaches are both fantastic. Uh, you know, if both teams play at their best, this could be a fantastic game. Like you said, to me, Prescott impressed me uh, in that game yesterday uh, or Sunday. And, uh, uh, you know, he made use of all the weapons that you just mentioned that weren't being, I guess, utilized as, as well in that first game. And as you know, uh, I think there's probably no quarterback in the league right now playing as well as uh, Russell Wilson. He's got nine touchdowns to one interception after two games. And they're just, they seem to be, you know, as good as that defense was at, at New England, Seattle still put up 35 points against them. You know, uh, New Orleans uh, had that shootout on Monday night with uh, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, and I still can't get used to saying that's like saying the Washington Football Club. You know, it's like, and, and New Orleans is playing Green Bay. Um, pretty much anyone in a Packers uniform, it, it just does look to be another shootout. And I think same with New Orleans. I think anybody on these two teams, if you've got them, you play it. Yeah, well, we're, we're hitting a string here as I see this. Is, is These could all be games of the week. Uh, and certainly fantasy football-wise, that's true. Uh, you've got the Green Bay Packers that in the first two games put up 40 points, so they're going for a third here. And New Orleans is obviously New Orleans, who they've been every year since Drew Brees and Peyton have been ma matched up. And I think Alvin Kamara, now that Michael Thomas has been down, Alvin Kamara stepped up. Uh, Traquan uh, Smith stepped up. And I think this is, you know, this is two great teams, both playing well, both good defenses, good running games, good quarterbacks. Uh, like you said, this is going to be a great fantasy matchup. The next fantasy matchup that I think is just as good as Kansas City and Baltimore. Uh, Kansas City, again, it's a pick em. Same with Baltimore. You got Andrews and Kelsey are two of the top tight ends in the league. There are some other guys out there, but these two are the only ones that are healthy that I think this is just a great matchup. Kelsey and Andrews are unbelievable tight ends. Uh, and so they're strong starts. And, and pretty much anybody in these two teams is a strong start. And maybe the, the running backs for um, uh, Baltimore aren't as good as, uh, you know, with, uh, what Kansas City has. But 
uh, I, I think that anybody in, on this team, these two teams are a start. Well, um, so let me just take exception with one thing you just said there, is that in terms of the running game, I would put Ravens ahead of Kansas City because the Ravens can gash you and, and basically take away – like they can eat up clock just with the running game. And they can – they kind of have the attitude where when they break the huddle, they come up to the line, they're almost they, – they're willing to tell the defense, hey, we're running it right here, and it's going to be on one. Now go ahead and stop it. And I think, uh, you know, I think the, the attitude that John Harbaugh brings to that team as a head coach, the fact that you've got probably the best running quarterback in the league in Lamar Jackson – to go with two phenomenal running backs in Mark Ingram and DK Dobbins and a great offensive line and great wide receivers. So I think you got, I've paid more attention, I think, to the Ravens so far in watching the two teams. Um, and I almost think that Kansas City, after, after the scare they went through last week, is a little ripe possibly for, if you call it an upset, an upset. I think they're ripe for a loss. And I think the Ravens could be the one to give it to them. Well, I'm going to defer to you on the, the last game we're going to take a look at. You're 2 0 Bears. It's the 0-2 Falcons who have a lot of weapons. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Atlanta, like they've done, I mean, it doesn't matter if they win the game or lose the game these last couple of years. They're putting up fantasy football numbers. Matt Ryan, you know, the guy is unbelievable as a quarterback. Obviously, the great wide receivers, the running game now with Gurley, even though Gurley himself hasn't really gotten on track, you know, that could be – he could explode this weekend. Who knows? And – Probably not against that Bear defense, but my thought is the Bears, you know, they're 2-0. and They could easily be 0-2. You know, if, if uh, DeAndre Swift catches that pass in week one in Detroit, they lose. And last week, uh, Saquon Barkley goes down in the game and blows out an ACL, uh, you know, and they barely won that game. So I think the, the Bears are ripe themselves. I think they're an inflated 2-0. and I don't think they're as good as that record. And uh, if Trubisky falters, and to me, so far this season, he has not yet, I think, reached that point where uh, in looking at him, he, his mechanics and his footwork and his sense of timing and anticipation, although it's better, it is not quite accurate enough to sustain, I think, what, what the Lions, or at least what the Bear fans are hoping for in, you know, maybe a division win again, 10, 11 or 12 wins. Right now, he's not that type of quarterback. Hopefully, he can grow into that. So we'll see. Okay, well, there you have it. We are talking about the uh, third week of fantasy football. And, of course, this is the uh, latest uh, situation that we have. And uh, uh, Kramer versus – Kramer. I want to say Kramer versus Brill. So this, this week it was almost Kramer versus Brill. Yeah, a lot of differences. The Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast now a video cast as well. Week three is here. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipsum, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. Now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Grill YouTube channel or by finding the links of all this, KramerandGrill.com. That's the easiest way. Go to the website and click on anything you want there, past shows, uh, current shows, the podcast, the video cast, whatever. And don't forget our brand new feature, Ask the Quarterback. Each week we will select a fan who bring, we bring them in to ask Eric a fantasy football related question and we'll bring that fan on the video cast to ask that question directly. You could be a fan. And by simply emailing us at grillpro at gmail.com. That's grillpro at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.